Welcome to Running Is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. So for those of us in the UK, and especially in the Southwest, it's a bit bloody windy today. It's windy. Is it though? It's windy. Well, this is the thing, we're, we're in a red warning here in Cardiff, and one of my plant pots has blown over. Whoa, but, that's why it's a red warning. <laughs> exactly. But I was a bit, when I was reading about it yesterday, and they were saying, you know, only make necessary journeys and all that, um... Like, I I was quite worried because at the moment our flats are surrounded by scaffolding, like a lot of flats because of the whole uh, replacing the cladding uh, situation we've got going on following Grenfell. So basically I live in a huge apartment complex and every single building is surrounded by by scaffolding. Um, so I was, I was kind of nervous about this scaffolding blowing down and smashing through my windows. Like that was the most, that was the most concerning thing about it. But no, just a, just a plant pot blowing over. It's been very underwhelming. I've been very disappointed yeah. by it all. Because at least a proper storm, you usually get like a good day build up and you get some good mm. hard rain. We've just, it's just been a bit windy. Yeah, it was sunny been, this morning as well. <laughs> yeah, it's been, again, yeah, it's been pretty sunny here for a lot of the day, which kind of really undermines the whole like really serious red weather warning. Yeah, I will say so that the Pippin's just been sat at our window barking at the various debris that is flying around, just like bags and stuff. And she's just been barking the whole day. And it's no. been driving me insane. So if there is a casualty in this weather, it will be Pippin, basically. But she has kept all of that wind out of your apartment. So she has. I think she's that's done the a reason. great job. Yeah, that's the reason why we haven't had a scaffolding metal pole come through the window. She's sort of been telling telling it to stay where it is. So good dog, good yeah. dog. I was supposed to be doing my long run this morning as well, sort of Friday long run club, but decided not to. Advice says don't go out. So <laughs> thought it might be for the best. Um, Although I suppose being twatted by a falling tree makes it a bit more exciting, you know? I don't know, dodging I, trees. I went out this afternoon, like, after the peak of it, and it was mm. fine. Oh, th- that's what I was considering. No problem but at all. I'm on the coast, so everything sounds really windy outside, so I thought it still sounds a bit dangerous. Yeah, so, it is know. windier down with you, to be fair. Yeah, and I, the, thing that's, the thing that I want to talk about that's annoying me this week is the wind. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, I don't know whether anyone else gets this, but I get really irrationally angry at the wind when I'm running. I'm like, really angry. Like, rain, I don't care about. I don't care if it's raining or it starts raining when I'm running. I don't really mind heat. It makes me feel unwell, but I'm not angry. But wind, I just, I feel so angry about it. It's like, it wow. blows in my face and hurts my face. Like, I'm usually listening to something on my run, like a podcast or music. I can't bloody hear it because it's just like... <sighs> the whole time it's slowing i'm already slow and it slows me down more because usually where i run like on the coast it's so exposed you're running into the wind no matter what there's no like tailwind behind you you're just running into the wind constantly yeah tailwinds are a myth yeah and it just like it it just completely winds me up and it makes me really really angry that's really strange i don't know i don't know I just get really irritated. For me, there is a curve of like running enjoyment, I mean, you know, relative enjoyment and wind. And like as as the wind picks up, obviously enjoyment goes down. But it gets to a certain point. If it's really windy, it becomes really funny. Like if yeah. it's like really properly, if there's 40, 50 mile an hour gusts, I think that's hilarious on a run. That is that is a great run to me. I, I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like when it's very severe, sort of you make the most of it, it's funny, all of that. It's that I guess it's that in between bit where it's windy to annoy you, well annoying me, but not windy enough for it to be like, you know, exciting. Yeah, I think that it's the same with all extreme weather. Thinking about it, because even like when it rains, obviously it's bad. But if it's really, really hard rain, you are absolutely soaked to the balls. It's just funny. You just accept it and you just get on with it, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Same with I think snow running in really deep snow is quite funny. But I, I set like a five mile PB in sixty mile an hour gust winds. It's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, like, I just, I, I guess it's because as well, because I live on, on the coast and it's really exposed here, most of my runs involve wind, you know, yeah. in my face, and I just, I'm just absolutely bloody sick of it, sick of the wind. We got through all of that without any fart jokes. Uh, if yeah. the weather makes you irrationally angry, we want to hear about that, because that's really strange. You might need therapy. <laughs> So uh, to catch up on the last episode, Drew underscore running at Jewel Ranger said the voice and message of Sabrina really resonated with me and I got quite emotional. Thank you so much for having Sabrina as a guest and giving her a platform to be able to share her voice, story and experiences. So powerful. Yep, she was fantastic. We completely agree. And don't forget to look up her documentary on YouTube. It's called Taking on the Ramsey Round. It's by The Running Channel. It's on their account. Have a look at that. 
Uh, it's fantastic. We love any, any everything she does. We think is great. Definitely. At Alison in Galway says, worth listening past the usual BS to hear Sabrina from Black Trail Runners talking about how to encourage inclusivity and diversity in the trail running community. If you can't see it, you can't be it. Good phrase. And Gabby Naya followed up to say, I also went back to the episode with Toby Fells. It's a chance to get a policy drafted, which we never had, and it needs to be a good one. Grateful for any best practice guidance. I love that Gabby is such a nerd as she enjoys writing policy. <laughs> I'm not surprised, though. But it's a really good point. When we're thinking about inclusion and diversity, talk to the communities that you want to include. Don't just assume, you know? It's mm-hmm, okay absolutely. to ask questions and say... How can we, just the question, how can we be more inclusive and then listen to it? I think it's really simple. I think people try and second guess what certain marginalised groups want. Just ask. Just ask. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I can rewind slightly to uh, the beginning of Alison's comment, it says, worth listening past the usual BS to hear Sabrina. Those yeah. are my favourite kind of compliments that we get. Really backhanded. <laughs> when people are just so backhanded. I love yeah. it. It's worth listening funny. past all the shit so you can listen to what Sabrina says. Yeah, there's a good bit 20 minutes in, skip past the rest. <laughs> Great recommendation, perfect. <laughs> Liz Reese, friend of the show, said 9 out of 10 for the quote-unquote rap, referring hey. to Stuart's amazing rap last episode. She said, you lost a mark for attempting to rhyme sandwich with patience, and I don't think MC Hammer would approve. That is incorrect. That was a genius bit of rhyming. I'm glad that someone was listening, to be honest um that that's all i really care about but no that is incorrect that was genius piece of lyric writing she does not understand rap like i do she doesn't understand poetry it's not all gonna rhyme exactly exactly. you know there's nuances to it (laughs) no not poetry poetry is the lowest form of literature i'm talking about the rap music that i'm fully uh about the highest form of music no that's umpa We had an email from Ian Thompson who said, Face masks are bullshit. Not from the point of view of stopping COVID, but definitely from a litter point of view. On my run yesterday evening, I spotted something lying next to a car on my way out. Coming back in the opposite direction and towards any theoretical traffic, it was three discarded face masks, clearly dropped with intent from the car driver side. One, I can give the benefit of the doubt, but three, drop that shit in a bin. Completely right. Yep, they're everywhere now. Yeah, they are. And I think it's, it's definitely people dropping them on purpose. But I also find they're really easy to just fly out your pocket when you're taking something else out as well. So I think yeah. that is a reason behind why there's so many. It's the normal sort of litter bugs. I can't believe I said litter bugs, but the normal sort of arseholes yeah. dropping litter. Um, that, that's the age you are now. Yeah, those litter bugs. Um, but also I've done it so many times where I've accidentally dropped my mask on the floor. Of course I've picked it up, but it'd be really easy not to notice, I guess. You'll be making complaints to a planning committee soon. Yeah, I will. That's the kind of person you're becoming. Well, but I, you know what? I've whoever engages me in this type of conversation, I tell them about the bloody bins. So oh God. <laughs> from where I live to like my usual like running route, the route I take, there used to be a bin, right? A bin on a lamppost. And it was an amazing bin because usually by the times my dog had had a shit on the way to where we're running or walking, that was the perfect place to put my put the dog shit in. Yeah? Perfect. Ideal place. That bin, a little while ago, fell off the lamppost through some act of vandalism or whatever, through an act of God. No one's replaced that bin. The council just took the bin away and there is no bin on that lamppost now. Have you reported it to the council? I haven't, yeah. I haven't gone that far. Wow. But let me just say, like, so if if the dog, if one of my dogs shits outside our apartment complex and I put it in a bag, I've got to run over a mile to get to a bin. Carrying shit. That's quite inconvenient. Yeah, it's not... I'm paying council tax. Put that bloody bin back up. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) To be fair, I reported a broken lamppost near my house recently, so that's the type of person I am. I do usually report stuff. I report, like, when the street lights aren't on, when they should be, Uh, when it's really dark somewhere and I'm going to trip over. I'm going to trip over anyway, but I can say, put the street lights on, it might help a bit. I don't know. Do you know what? There's um, a section on our regular club run that you don't know about, obviously. Um, quite often, there's a whole like bank of uh, lights that are out. I do know Cardiff about Bay. this. I do know about and this. And <laughs> I, I managed to, I emailed the council about it originally because we had, you know, like 40 people running around there and it was really dark. Um, so I emailed them and I, I kind of basically got one guy who would do it for me. And But if you look back on that email thread, because I always reply to it, over the last, basically the last three winters, it's the same thing each time. I'm like, 
hi, can you do this again for me? Cheers, Chris. And he's just like, me again, like a year later. Hi, me again. Can you put the lights on, please? Yeah, good old Chris. Good man. Um, I also got a point on carrying dog poo. Just quickly, uh, it's something that I've often thought about. It's well, often if you've got like because I've got William and he pulls quite a lot, so I have to have that one hand on the lead. If I've got the other hand carrying the poo, sometimes you know you need to like scratch your nose, wipe your eye, or something. The, there's two problems with that. The first is that you look like you're trying to surreptitiously smell the poo, and second <laughs> is you can actually smell the poo. Yeah. So it's a bad choice. I kind of have to use the lead hand then, but then I kind of get jerked away, or I have to transfer, and it gets complicated. It's so stressful running with poo. It's oh. really stressful. Especially yeah, running if it, with is difficult. Just kick it, it's fine. <laughs> if it's one of those poos that's in like a load of leaves and branches, and when you pick it up, you also bring those leaves with you and they're kind of sticking out the bag a bit and you're like, has the leaf that's sticking out the bag got a bit of poo on or not? I don't know. It's just stressful, man. It's complicated. It's a, it's a big deal. It is, it is. And the end of Ian's email, he said, regarding Amy, willfully running on a park run course while it was on anyway, come on. That's almost as bad as seeing people running in the opposite direction when virtually everyone else is headed for the parkrun star area. Love, Ian. Whenever I'm running or driving to a parkrun, I see someone running in a different direction. I'm like, what, what the fuck are you doing? We're doing bigger and better things, thank you. That is not true. <laughs> Let people have their long runs on Saturday morning without bringing parkrun into it. That's all I'm saying. Stop judging people that want to do their long runs around 9am or whatever the time park run starts. I don't even know what time it starts. I'm guessing 9am. Yes, you do. <laughs> but just, you know, tomorrow, like, I would love to run on my long run down where my local park run is, but I won't because of the judgment. Basically, they're kicking me out of my route. And I live around, I live around here. Some of those people don't even live around here. They're coming in and taking my route from me on a Saturday morning. Anyway. You're incorrect. <laughs> Amy, we have got actual exciting genuine news we do podcast related real news and um, basically since so many of you have mentioned us to our favorite tea brewers bird and blend we are happy to announce we are now officially partnered with them they actually asked us that's uh, how that's how desperate they are now it's it, this is getting a bit scary now it must the, be they must be on the last leg. our dreams are coming true but hopefully yeah. not the one where i turn up to a race and i'm not wearing my shorts and i can't find my shorts and just these sort of dreams i want to come true okay just those sort of dreams yeah. um so anyway <laughs> that means in every episode we'll be telling you what we're drinking and we'll be giving you some recommendations and don't worry they're not telling us what to say they're not pushing anything our tea intentions remain pure this is what we want and it's what we've been doing anyway, but now we've just kind of formalised it a little bit more. So there will be more tea updates. So if you fancy any of the teas that we've been talking about or want to try something else, then please head to runningisbs.com forward slash tea to see our recommendations and click through to buy. So even if you're already an existing customer with Bird and Blend, which we know a lot of you are, we'd really appreciate that next time you need to fill it your tea cupboard, you head to our website or our social media and click via our link so we can see what's popular. Yeah, runningisbs.com forward slash tea. Click on one of our links and then buy your tea. That'd be very, very nice. Uh, Amy, what are you drinking this episode? Oh, well, I'm taking us back to a few months ago, to Christmas. Ooh. I'm getting back into the Christmas spirit on these these dreary winter evenings. Um, and I'm drinking some mince pie tea, which is amazing. Oh, you yes. know what? So I have a I have a Bird and Blend subscription, which was kindly given to me for Christmas from my mum. Um, mm. So I get three little packets of tea every month, um, different sort of blends to try, which is really fantastic because often with tea, when you're buying loose leaf, you sometimes don't want to invest in a big thing of it if you don't know what it's going to taste like. So this is about, I can't remember how many cups it's meant to be. But anyway, it's uh, enough to last you a month, basically, of three different teas. So I had this mince pie one come through at Christmas. And I kept putting off trying it because I don't actually like mince pies. Whoa, I know, whoa, I, whoa, whoa. I don't like mince pies. I can't stand them. Um, but this tea is amazing. So I opened it up and it smells amazing. It's got a lot of almond in and like the amazing thing about Bird and Blend is like you it's like the real bits what they're talking about the ingredients you can see the bits in it you can see the bits yep. of almond you can see the bits it's of bits. dried orange i love it i love it so yeah the uh the um mince pie tea is really almondy which i really really like fucking love a mince pie mm. oh. what are you drinking uh, i've got some cocoa chai number five. Oh, i've got that one not sure if they're making a very weak reference to Mambo Number no. 5, I think or so. it's just the fifth version of it they had. Anyway, it's a chai tea with coconut. Oh, yes, mm. that's right. Very nice. Coconut chai tea. Love a chai, love a black tea. That is what I'm all about right mm. now. 
And can I just say, just I, honestly, it's because we're on the subject of tea. Can I can I just quickly say, and this honestly isn't a, an advert for Bird and Blend in that way, but another thing you can try, which I've been doing again lately, it's more of a summer thing, but it's doing cold brews. But when you do your cold brew tea, make it with lemonade rather than water. Top tip. Just makes it that bit sweeter, adds a bit of fizz. Amazing. It's a good tip. I have done that from that tip from you. Mm-hmm. Runningisbs.com forward slash tea. Amy, what has been your bullshit this week? Well, I have a confession. I went to a quote-unquote normal gym. Oh. And when I say normal gym, I don't, you know, I mean like... A gym, a proper gym gym. Proper gym gym, your brand's gym, na- gym. brand names that you're probably thinking off your top of your head right now. I went to one of those A gyms. chain gym. A chain gym. Oh. For those that don't know, I do go to a gym, but it's a gym for just like lifting. So basically the equipment consists of a barbell, weights, a kettlebell and a few cardio machines. But the main thing is the barbell stuff. So (laughs) a friend of mine had like a bring a friend Friday thing to a gym that's literally just around the corner from me. So I thought I'd go and try it out because then I thought I could go to the gym for free on Fridays with my friend. It was horrible and it reminded me why I don't go to normal gyms. So firstly, it's all these like machines. What put me off going to gyms in the first place is all the bloody machines. And you have no idea what these fucking things do. Like the treadmills are pretty obvious. Loads and loads of treadmills, loads of like bikes and stuff. But it's like the other machines. Like I saw this guy climb up on a machine and he was like really high up in the air. And he was like bending over doing like some sort of inverse crunch or something. It was just bizarre. I just think, just do a crunch on the floor. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, just stay at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a floor at home. If nothing else, you have a floor. So the place was full of machines, which, no, no, you know, no hate to people that use machines, but it's just, for me, it just seems so compli- overcomplicated for, like, oh, yeah. the sort of, the muscles you want to work out, surely you can do with, with a barbell, you know, in, in various ways. Anyway, it's full of machines. They felt super claustrophobic because there were just machines everywhere taking up so much space. And I was having a like, complete sensory overload because there was all these machines already feeling really claustrophobic. Mirrors everywhere, which one of the things about my gym is like, there's not really any mirrors because the whole point is it's small classes and somebody else mm. checks your form. And I just so I was like squatting, just looking myself dead in the eyes while I'm squatting, <laughs> which is something no one wants to see. No one needs that. I was just mirrors everywhere. And then, um, which might I add as well, if you're looking in the mirror, you're probably not doing correct form with certain moves. Just what I was shouldn't... thinking, yeah, I, yeah. I've been I've been to your gym and uh, you know, he's all about correct form. And if you're looking yeah. straight forward, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, exactly. And you can't help mm. it though, if you're, you know, if you can see yourself. Yeah. Um, then there was like TVs everywhere. So there's mirrors all over the wall. And then above the mirrors, there were TVs everywhere showing various different channels. And I was like, I could kind of hear the TVs. And then there was just like, a radio station blasting over that and i'm like oh, how are you supposed to concentrate on what you're doing when it's just complete just sound and noise and everything everywhere um and they're trying to distract you from what you're doing which doesn't seem like the point no no exactly so that was a bit too much so i went over and there was so much equipment like not just machines but equipment like there's very specific equipment for very specific things and there was just too much of it and it was just overkill. And I thought a lot of these things you could just do with like a kettlebell or a bar anyway. So I found a squat rack. And firstly, I did not know how to work the fucking squat rack. Because it was one of those like caged ones where like the bar was like, it was, ah, it's hard to explain. It's almost like a box, like a metal box. And the bar was within this box. So I couldn't just grab the bar off the rack and say, put it down for a deadlift. Because I kind of had to manoeuvre it to get it out the, if any listeners go to a gym with these sort of racks, can you tell me why this is? It's in like a, it was like trapped in a box. <laughs> I'm not explaining it very well. But, but basically I couldn't pull out the bar easily to put it on the floor for a deadlift. I had to sort of manoeuvre it, which was very odd. And then there was no um, weight on the bar as in like no indication of what weight the bar was. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, had, I, I eventually found an employee and I'm like, oh, how much does the bar weigh? And he was like, oh, I don't know, 20 kilograms maybe? I'm what? Like, I'm like, well, how am I supposed to <laughs> I know? feel like you should know that. Come on. What weight I'm putting on it? And they only had 20 kilogram bars. So I'm quite weak upper body. So there were certain things I couldn't do. So like um, like a snatch grip, overhead press just wasn't yeah. happening. because I guess they're quite thick bars as well if they're 20 Yeah, kilos. oh, they were like from the Victorian era. Seriously. Your tiny little hands. I thought I was going to need a tetanus shot after using it. It was oh, ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And then the plates they had started at five kilograms. So there was no like, you know, you couldn't go from like 2.5 or anything or even like yeah. 0.5 or one or whatever. You, you had to start at five. So you're putting 10 on the bar each time. Cool. Like, <laughs> 
absolutely bizarre. And it's, it was, I came out stressed. I came out super stressed. I'm like, didn't know what I was doing. Didn't know where to go. Didn't know how to use the bloody squat rack, which should should surely be the easiest thing on on there. And then there was just people around me doing the most bizarre things. There was one older guy that's obviously like told his partner, oh, I'm going to the gym. Proceeds to just sit on every piece of equipment, not doing anything. You know, sat there, you know. And it was just a really unpleasant experience. So... Yeah. yeah, I think free weights are very much an afterthought for a lot of these gyms, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, Just a little corner, they'll put something in. There was literally a squat rack corner with, with two normals. I say normal, like the cage style. And then another bizarre form of squat rack, which I wasn't sure whether I was supposed to be using because it was just like a really weird shape and it seemed to have a bar on it, but the bar was a weird... I just, I, it was just really overcomplicated. <laughs> I was like, I just want you're a normal so, squat you rack. You look so stressed. I, you I look so upset. Want, I just want a normal squat rack with a bar with an actual weight indicator on it and some just like plates that go from even just from 2.5, you know, just just some smaller plates as well. But yeah, so that that was my experience. Came out very stressed. Won't be going back. <laughs> cool. So what's your bullshit for this week? Well, here's me thinking I wouldn't have we wouldn't have much to talk about this week. It's gonna be gonna be plenty. Um I had an exciting thing from Parkrun last week. You don't have to listen to this bit if you don't want to. Um I have like achievement unlocked at Parkrun. I was in first place at Parkrun for the first time ever. I didn't finish in first place, obviously I'm not good, but for the first six hundred meters, because I was running with William and he starts like an absolute rocket, we were first place for six hundred meters, and I was so excited and terrified. <laughs> It's because it's not something that, again, most of us are never going to be first place in a park run. And because we started so quick, we were, you know, a decent way ahead really fast. Um, and just the weirdest thing about because I kind of knew, obviously, you're at the front. There's no one ahead of you to see where you're going. I knew the course, at least. But what really surprised me was the quiet. Because mm. you used to be in around, you know, even 50 people. When you're running, you can hear footsteps. You can hear people breathing. But because we got quite a long way out on grass... I just couldn't hear anything, and it was really creepy. It was something I'd never thought about, but it, the quiet of the front of the uh, the front of the pack was really strange. Luckily, someone caught me up, and I was just kind of chatting to him, like, "I've never been in the front before. I'm terrified. I'm glad you're overtaking." So, did you guys did you guys slow down, or did people just overtake you? Yeah, we kind of naturally slow down a little bit because obviously he starts really really quick. Um, and we finished third in the end, which is pretty good and a pretty you know good time, like 21 minutes, and that wasn't like wasn't trying that hard it was just kind of going along with his pace so yeah sub 20 is on the cards with him at some point when i can be bothered because i still have to try pretty hard for that mm. but like i've said before running with a dog is quicker but it's not easier oh. it's still really hard work your legs gotta for keep sure. up yeah exactly yeah but another third place i very much enjoyed that um and then the next day i went to do a 25k long run and i did 8k because the weather was just fucking awful. I don't know why we went out. We could see how bad the we could see how bad the weather was. It was windy, it was cold, it was wet. We decided to go up the hills and into the woods where it was even worse. And oh, really? you know, we've we've gone there before and it is there's a certain ridge up in Cardiff like almost one of the highest points. And the weather is always horrible up there because the wind just whips over the top of it and it's always cold and wet and windy and it was just like ankle deep mud the whole way and we just turned back basically the first chance we could and looped back to the car park because it was just absolutely terrible i don't know why we even bothered <laughs> so my running has not been great in the last two weeks because it's been complicated other things going on so i'm like yeah ultra training whatever i know i know i can do an ultra i don't need to train for it properly do i no do I? no it's no. fine when's the ultra i don't know a couple of months three months uh, two fine. months i don't know <laughs> Don't worry, you'll be fine. Just go and do it, and just you know, ultras are a mental game. I know I've done one before. I know I can do one again. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, be absolutely fine. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, we have got an amazing thing that Amy has found. Ugh. Amy, do you want to? Perhaps okay. Perhaps I'll uh, read out the description of this. See if anyone can figure out what it is first. <laughs> And see if this sounds like a great idea. This is a stylish and comfortable alternative to your traditional wedding ring for those with an active lifestyle. Express your commitment to your partner without compromising on safety. Because you know how dangerous wedding rings are. Because you know how when you've got a wedding ring on, it's clamped to you. You are never, ever allowed to take it off. And it is incredibly dangerous. Mm. What this is, is a silicon wedding ring. I just... I can't even say the words. I don't think I've said it on the podcast, but I'm actually getting married in June. So 
it's I, um, not me. No, no. <laughs> so I, I wear an engagement ring um, and I'll be wearing a wedding ring when I'm married. Is it made of silicon? It's not because you know what I do when I do lifting and stuff? I take it off. I just take it off. I leave it in the in the in the bathroom at home, and I go to the gym without it. And my partner doesn't care because my partner's not a complete fucking psychopath. Yeah, I mean, this isn't like a. It's not like a cover for the ring, or it's no. not like oh, take your wedding ring off and pop this one on instead. This is just like you would just have a silicon wedding ring. Yeah, which yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I mean, that costs pennies. I mean, I probably shouldn't really come into it for a ring, but I'm like, would you? Would you all the time? Would you wear a silicon ring? No, they're really ugly as well. So like, because well, yeah. they're just they're ugly. Like they're just a, a ring of they're just a ring of silicon. So like, that's it. In like, just looks like are, a grey bit of plastic. It makes me laugh though because some of them are really bright. So the one in the image that we've screenshotted is just like a grey one. But there's some that are like bright yellow and bright red, and it's like I can just imagine some psychopath saying to their partner like wear this fucking ring and make sure it's bright yellow i want everyone at the gym to know that you are married like it's just utterly bizarre it's really strange like who had this idea and went to the bother of making them yeah yeah because the only way i'd understand it if if it was something you were going to wear all the time as an alternative and maybe certain people would if they were constantly exercising but it's only certain exercises that you'd need to take it off. And like one of the biggest ones would be the gym, like lifting. Because I wore my, sometimes I wear my ring by mistake. And the other day I had like a proper nasty blister where I'd wore my ring. Hmm. Um, I, I had to take it off for a few days. Oh my God, I took it off for a few days then. Oh my I God. Mean, that, I you could have been up to anything. I could have. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows that I'm engaged. I just think it's, I just think it's completely psychopathic. And if my partner was demanding that I wore a ring to the gym rather than just take it off, I'd be a bit scared. Flag, 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 flag. Yeah. <laughs> I've got another paragraph for you here, which is amazing. It says, What are they and why should you care? Traditional wedding bands are old-fashioned. In today's fast-paced world of family work, working out, sports and hobbies, we are always on the go. Being active most part of the day requires clothing and accessories to be versatile. So stay active with our silicon rings and show your partner your commitment with a comfortable fit. I mean, the last part of that, the last sentence, does sound like a different type of silicon ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but show your partner your commitment with a comfortable fit. That is the best way to show your commitment, actually. If, yeah. like, you put the ring on, how's that fit? Comfortable. Oh, my God, that's commitment. It'd be that's more, real commitment. No, it'd be more commitment if it was a really painful fit. Actually, yeah, to be fair, it would. That's actually <laughs> the opposite of, yeah. of commitment. Yeah. I just, yeah, old traditional wedding bands are old-fashioned it's like oh don't wear one then but also weddings are an old-fashioned concept yeah. the whole thing's old-fashioned and also I mean, if you if you think it's old-fashioned and dangerous to wear one just don't wear one yeah or get like my engagement ring is like really thin and flat because i don't want something sticking out that's going to get caught on things don't yeah. like and just at the end of the day if you're going to the gym take your ring off just take it off don't worry about it you know, focus on working out and not picking up people and sleeping with people at the gym and you'll be you'll be fine. It's, it's so strange. There's think, another sponsorship opportunity gone for us. Uh, I will say, though, like, I have mentioned therapy twice in this, but I, I'm going to, you know, if your partner is asking that you wear a silicon ring to the gym rather than just leaving your ring off, therapy for both yeah. of you. Relationship therapy, because... Or oh, actually, that's where your running comes in handy because you need to go the opposite direction yeah, you need to run away if somebody buys yeah. you this like run <laughs> yeah. so anyway you can find us on patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit if you want to support our podcast and in return you can have the dubious honor of having your name included in each podcast in what some have described as a song uh at the moment apparently i'm into stage musicals so you can enjoy this from hamilton liz reese Shepherd in Thompson, Claire Dina, Jason Spinks, Colin Hill, Elliot Line, Bernadette McCarthy, Tim Hughes, Matthew War, Gordy Thelwell, Clark Gilmore, Matt Jones, Brian Simpson, Clark Fleming, Matt Lee, Sophie Jakes, Len Martin, James Lampert, Matt H, Amanda Murray Hind, David Owen, Ruth KP. Matt Caffin, Paul Hibbert, Amanda E. Hernandez Stewart Stevens, Angela Foster Swales, Neil Denton, 
I've a Hewitt, Nicky Jenner's rich girl. Hugh Phillips, Victoria Dick, Elizabeth Shaban, Karen Hamilton H, Lisa Gibbon, Martin Kaplan, Sam Wally, Debbie Hurley, Ian Hales, Chris Whitman, Maria Wicks, Victoria J, Rachel Bentley, Charlie Neverson, Penny Simpson, Steph Hall, Julia Page, Jonathan Carter, Max McCarty, Matt Garner, Kath Everard, Anthony Howe, Sherry Grubbs, Kel Ryder, Victoria Magnus, Dave Sinclair, Gary Thomas, now sorry, I didn't fit. That was very current. I'm very impressed. Yeah, I bet a lot of people were glad I wasn't rapping again, at least. Yeah. <laughs> I did choose the least rappy song. I mean, it's really, really difficult to get Hamilton tickets in London and they're expensive. You don't know. People don't need to now. They don't need to. They've heard that one. Yeah, that'll do. Same exactly. Thing. On to our messages. So don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter and Facebook. Just search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. So we've had a message from Andy Savage at 10 past midnight, the day our last episode came out. And he said, brilliant. Thanks for putting the podcast up. I was staying awake just in case it came out tonight. Aw. Amy, do you want to mention therapy again? Yeah, Andy. <laughs> was, was he up specifically waiting for the podcast? Because, you know, it'll be there in the morning when you wake up. Yeah, that's what he said. I was staying awake just in case it came out tonight. Oh, Andy, we're not Star Wars or anything. <laughs> No, we're not. That's true. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, I very much enjoyed a tweet that was sent to us that said, I remember reading somewhere, probably read it, that it's impossible to deliberately shit yourself unless you're unwell because of centuries of social conditioning. Just can't be done. Like, That's what? not true. You have never met a triathlete. Yeah, but also I was... Actually, I'm not going to I mean, centuries of social... Like, each person hasn't had centuries of social conditioning. I haven't had that. No. I haven't been alive that long. And also, when he said probably read it, means probably not true. There are people with very specific niche interests that do shit themselves on purpose on a regular basis. I'll leave that for you to interpret. But Whether they're unwell or not. Yeah, I I think it can be done. (laughs) It can be done. I'm quite certain it can, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Our one-woman BS content generator... Gabby Naya tweeted us to say, Today's running tale. I was joined by a dog who had lost her mum. Oh, Dog and I joined forces, eventually located owner. Turns out dog goes walkie solo a lot and owner might get a lead. You think? Question mark. Oh, I just replied to her like, I don't get us started. <sighs> Let's just move swiftly on because I know we're going to complain about dog owners too much otherwise. Yeah, but I, I see that a lot and it terrifies me. The other thing is when I'm running and I see a dog that's obviously just been let off the lead and it's on its own and I go straight into like panic mode like where is this dog? I must catch it. I must find its owner and then the owner just comes around the corner. I'm like, oh, it's okay. It's safe. <laughs> um, on to possibly the shortest email we've ever had. It just says I think sideways hail in 40 mile an hour winds is total and utter bullshit. H. It's probably happening at the time. Yeah. Uh, that was it. That's, that's all she had time uh, to to write to us. So thank you very much. It's not the H then. They weren't. It wasn't uh, a tragedy, was it? Hey, you're making a niche uh, step stroke there. Of course. Nice. <laughs> of course, H is uh, one of our new uh, Patreon subscribers, so we'll be just singing H to go with the enigmatic J in our Patreon songs from yeah. now on. So that's exciting. Yeah, makes it a bit hard. Well, it depends. Like if we actually edit the names to fit in with the syllables of the original song. It makes it easier, but if you're like me and you just fucking read Fill some gaps. read the yeah. whole thing, then no. Yeah, that's fine. We've also had a message from Ian Edwards that says, Hi, Amy and Stuart. Love the pod as you tell it like it is. And yeah, we do. <laughs> just telling it out. I just tell it how it is. There's always somebody's People who are arseholes say that, don't they? I just tell it how it is. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of people just say, I tell it how it is. You know that means they're going to be a dickhead. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's what we are. He goes on to say, anyway, we have a race in Dorset. The Shave Cross Marathon is about six country miles and has been going since 1954. Love it. And I love the fact country miles as well. Could mean absolutely anything. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. No idea how far that race is. (laughs) A six mile marathon. I love it. Uh, We've got some more marketing bullshit, of course. Uh, We had Ian again, who said, dearest Stuart and Amy, these are socks. We need to take an aggressive stance against hogwash like this. He said, lightly edited to remove the branch location of the chain in question. And the advertisement we've got here, 
Uh, these are called stance socks, which is why they keep saying stance. And it says, take a stance. Just landed in store. Stance socks available now. Features include Feel 360 fiber technology, which adapts and reacts to your body's temperature for the freshest, driest experience. What does that mean? How? How does it adapt How? and re react to your body's temperature? What the precise temperature of your body? How did what? I feel like we could get trading standards on that because I don't think that's true. Well, I just think that just means so little. Yeah, that's. I think that's. They could get away with it because it doesn't mean anything. Uh, it's also made for of infinite durability, guaranteed for life. Whose life? <laughs> the life of the sock. Infinite. I love that. It, it's durability guaranteed for life. Well, that suggests if the if the sock gets a hole in it or something that you can have a new one, like a bag for life. I mean, you, I mean, for these like uh, streak runners, if they were ran in one of these socks every day for the next forty years, are they going to last? No. I'm going to guess probably not, but that's what they're saying. I mean, you could argue then if you have got a hole in it, well, it's just adapting and reacting to your body. Yeah, your body's temperature dictated that you needed a hole in the toe. Yeah, airflow to cool you down for breathability. Yeah breathability that's the next point that's what that is <laughs> yeah and performance arch support i'm not sure how much arch support socks can give no i feel like that's more I mean, it'd of have to be really thick yeah. yeah it'd have to be a really thick bit of sock to give you arch support mm. Mm. Oh, bizarre we've also had another bit of marketing bullshit from gabby and this is from of course runner's world it says, we found that our testers' calves felt fresher and recovered faster. And this is about compression socks, by the looks of it. How can your calves feel fresher? <laughs> yeah, how fresh do your calves need to be? Has anyone ever worried specifically about calf freshness? It makes me think about eating them because I often think, like, if somebody was to die on a desert island and I had to cook them, like, the calf would be a good piece of meat to, to cook up, you know? Depends. If they're, like, runner or, like, cyclist or something, probably not going to get much out of it. But your average person. So I guess, like, that yeah. calves felt fresher just makes me feel you, like... I mean, you start with a calf. Yeah. You, I guess you'd work your way up after yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. So this whole calves feeling fresher thing just, just makes me a bit hungry, I guess. I just like wonder, is someone come up and just giving the calves a little squeeze and going, oh, yeah, that's fresh. Mm. That's a fresh calf. Feels fresh. <laughs> Sorry, my, my calf's a little bit rancid at the moment. <laughs> I need some new uh, compression socks to freshen them up oh. uh, amy found some more weird stuff from runners world i did i did well, more bullshittery from runners world which i didn't really expect normally it's um sort of the height of running journalism with the excellent scientifically backed pieces on uh important issues in the community but for a change i found this bit of bullshit from them so this is an article i found on running tribes which is basically just categorizing different types of runners sort of like buzzfeedy what type of runner are you sort of vibe and we've got to just like categorize everything so some of these types of runner include the influencer so for the influencer a run is not a run unless it's recorded in the form of an unflattering selfie and perhaps a photo of the time on their gps watch surely an influencer is going to be taking a flattering selfie isn't that the whole point yeah yeah, yeah, I don't think you're an influencer unless you're taking a flattering selfie and getting sponsored. Yeah, yeah. a proper influencer is not taking really shit photos of themselves. Yeah. They're going to quite a lot of length to take a good photo of themselves. Yeah. I thought, again, that's kind of the point. Yeah. And I kind of, like, I hate the narrative of, like, you know, just go for a run. Don't take selfies, don't take pictures, don't do this. Partly because I'm one of those people that do. But also, fuck off telling people how to do their runs and what to do around their runs. If you want to take a million fucking selfies and post them all on Instagram, go ahead. Yeah, but just don't follow that person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're not interested, don't follow. There's no oh, like it's some form of narcissism or something. Oh, an unflattering selfie. What? I like even if it is, so what? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah, exactly. There's this whole narrative around. Oh, yeah. You know, the same people who are saying like about selfies and stuff. Are the same people that are like, if it's not on Strava, it doesn't count because they need to see their stats and everyone else seeing them on Strava. So. To be fair, no, that no, that is true though. <laughs> that is true as well, but then you can't say that like, oh, and don't take a selfie, you know? Same fucking thing, man. Yeah. Um The other type is a buggy runner, which I think means those like yummy mummies and whatever the equivalent to a dad I is. Guess so, yeah. yeah, who's running with like I've like posted some quotes in the show notes from this, but some of these archetypes read like a bit like a fever dream. 
So this one is, yeah. his hair is as shiny and well-groomed as the coat of a pampered seal. She has a pony... So, hang on, sorry, sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in right there. This is like my dad wrote a porno in front of it. The coat of a pampered seal. Is that supposed to evoke, like, a normal kind of reaction from people? Are people going, oh yeah, yeah, pampered seal, yeah, I know what that would be. What I think is they haven't really got the tone of this article right, because some of it obviously is meant to be quite humorous, and other bits go into this really weird description. Like I said, there's a bit like a fever dream. So... His hair is as shiny and as well-groomed as the coat of a pampered seal. She has a ponytail that does not move because it was never told to. At park runs, these two glide by ordinary runners and do not seem to breathe. That, that's not what buggy runners are like. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple. I know a couple of people that are... But the people that I know that are fast with buggies are working really hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can see they're really fucking sweating. I feel like a lot of them are are like ultra marathon runners and they're like, I need to get my fucking mileage even if I've got this bloody child. So you'll often see them in like ultra running type gear because they're like, I don't care. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to get this child in this buggy and we're going to get our miles in today, you know? Yeah, but I just feel most buggy runners I see just look like normal runners. That's so strange. A ponytail that doesn't move. I'll be honest, like, the description was longer than this. I couldn't paste it all in because I was struggling to read it because it was so bizarre. <laughs> so just go, listeners, go and go and check out the original article because it's bizarre. Um, and we also have the gnarly veteran. So he is wild of eye and hair, sharp of elbow and raw of knee. And his marathon PB is two hours, 30 minutes, 25 seconds. But he does not know that because he tells the time by the movement of the sun. I mean, that's possibly a bit more accurate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I kind of. I like feel it one. needs to mention incredibly short shorts as well because that is very typical. Definitely. Yeah. Maybe like he runs in a pair of those sandals, like barefoot runners, well, or just bare feet completely. Yeah. yeah. I, I that paints a good picture. I get that one. Yeah, that's okay. And then the final one I've included is the tech junkie. And it says, this character is adorned with so much cutting-edge technology that Elon Musk views him as a threat. The people always talk about, like, oh, they got so much technology. But what they really mean is a what? Yeah. That's it, really, isn't the it? The other tech they mention is, like, clothing tech, which, as we know, is all bullshit anyway. Like, you know... The... That, but that's not technology. No. That's just clothes. No. I mean, what else could there be? Like, a 360 camera? Okay, yeah, those are expensive. Yeah. And, you know, possibly unnecessary. Like, what? What else would they have? Oh, some some earphones and a phone. Yeah. I mean, that's not that's not a big deal, is it? Like, I mean, compared to say a car, if you're driving in your car, that's got a lot of technology in it, but that's fine. But a runner with a watch, oh, calm down. It's the kind of technology that you take with you if you're walking on your commute to work. You know, your phone. Yeah. You, it, you might have some fancy headphones and your running watch, like that. Or you, or you might just have a normal expensive watch, yeah. which is pointless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are so, and I gotta say, that the worst thing about this, if you look at the article, is the like uh, animations they've got with them or the cartoons they put with them. They are horrible. <laughs> I cannot get over how disgusting they are. I apologise to the artist. This is obviously very much in your style. I hate your style. <laughs> it, it is so creepy. <laughs> Oh, and like coupled oh. with the the bizarre sort of descriptions that are, you know absolutely surreal yeah it, it, yeah surreal that's what it really yeah, is yeah i feel it's, like it's i'm reading a kafka novel if he wrote one about bloody runners and types of runners i don't like this at all <laughs> so it made me think about other types of runners that they might have missed so i've come up with some of my own and of course the first one is the park run wanker oh here we go <laughs> so firstly they say it's not a race, but they set a new PB every week. And they probably get quite aggressive about it and pushing people out of the way, that sort of thing. Like, oh, but it's not a race. It's not a race. But also it's really important that I get a PB yeah. and I share it on social media. I, I just need to start at the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm very important. Yeah. Th- okay. They might have a barcode tattooed on their wrist. <laughs> this is a thing. Th- this is a thing. I think there are a couple of people with barcode tattoos, yeah. And then finally, and this is one that hits home especially to me, is evangelical about park run to the point of coercion. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I, yeah I, I just have to agree with that one. <laughs> and then I have another one. So the other one I, I thought of was the canny crosser. And I think this is basically me. <laughs> because at the moment I'm running mm-hmm. loads with Pippin. 
because I'm, I'm like really struggling with motivation to run on my own but if I take Pippin it's like okay I'm, I'm taking the dog for a walk and I get it done so yeah basically every run involves Pippin um so the canny crosser so their dog's kit costs more than theirs which mm-hmm. is true like the harnesses the harness for you the, the harness for the dog the lines and stuff yep that stuff's all really expensive so, like, that stuff's all really expensive this is not me, but um, it's a lot of people I know. Uses mushing terms, despite the fact they're being pulled along by a cockapoo. Oh, yeah. This is this is a genuine thing. And p- instead of left and right, yeah. a lot of canicrossers use G and haw, because that's what like people use with like sled dogs in the Arctic. <laughs> I mean, come on. I just find it so difficult, because when you're naturally saying something to your dog you're not naturally using those terms so like with pippin i'll use terms that come naturally like if i i'll be like let's go let's go and i use that more than on now actually because that's the Mm. term that naturally comes to me you know and i probably if i get to the stage where she's pulling so fast i need to do left and right i at the moment i just use this way and i pull the line to the side i want her but to bring a whole another bloody language in is a bit too complicated it's really strange and then the final one is brings the dog along to every group run and then inevitably legs someone up by creating a tripwire with the lead. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay, that's you. You just had to put that one in personally. Yeah, that's oh, me. Uh, on our club run the other day, someone brought along their two French bulldogs. Oh, That was lovely. They loved it. They had an amazing time. <laughs> right. More dogs at run club, please. Definitely. Right, and I've got a final one because I had to include this. The bullshitter. So basically our <laughs> listeners all all into one. So firstly, they're always building up their mileage. Always. always. Well, they're always saying that. Yeah, probably entering races they shouldn't be because they're building up their mileage and it'd be fine. Their pre-race ritual involves ironing their hankies. It's got to be done. It's got to be two as well. So you can have one for the way out, one for the when you're halfway, way back. It's something to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And finally, shits themselves on a run at least once a week. Yeah, unless that those centuries of social conditioning yeah. have uh, got that out of them. And then they email us straight away and tell us whether it was a, a log or a liquid one. Absolutely, yeah, that's the most important thing. <laughs> like, something bad's happened and they're like, yes! <laughs> oh, if, if you guys have any other running archetypes types that you want to let us know about, I'd mm. love to hear that, definitely. And if you have any, like, terrifying comics of those archetypes, that'd be great. Yeah, perfect, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bullshit! Is the bullshit? Is the bullshit running news? Seventy-nine episodes running out of ideas, aren't you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, another one of those posts has popped up. Uh, it looks new, but it's actually a year old, and it's from an article from Runners World. And the headline is: "Here's why you, as a runner, should sign up to be a living organ donor." <laughs> now, I want to say straight off, obviously. Living organ donation is a wonderful thing. It's probably like the most valuable thing you could ever do for a person. And if you're involved in that process, it needs to be kind of normalized and encouraged. But having it advertised to you is weird, isn't it? Yeah, it feels like somebody's coming for your organs and you better run fucking faster because they're coming. I, I What I think of is there's a Monty Python sketch um, where someone comes around and they knock on the door and they say, uh, yeah, can we have your liver? And they're like, what? <laughs> what's this donor card and they just start slicing the guy open while he's still alive to pull out his liver to give to someone else because he got a donor card so that's, and that's just what it makes me think of yeah. you go along to like the london marathon and you wake up the next morning a you know a bath of ice with a scar and the editors of Run- <laughs> editor of runner's world's there like <laughs> just like someone from whatever agency this is just coming up to you and like are you a runner yeah and they just like oh they start just like feeling your side oh that's a that's a healthy kidney you've got there have you ever considered donating it? <laughs> you don't need both of those eyes for running. You don't, you don't need both. You of don't those need either. Kidneys. There's guide runners. Don't worry about it. Do you know you can survive with less than twenty percent of your liver? Mm. And just like giving you, just like feeling you and looking at you, and like, mmm, yes. <laughs> so creepy. Yeah, I just saw a good thing, <laughs> but creepy. Yeah, I just saw that headline and I thought, there's something not right here. I don't know why, but it un- unsettles me. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you you lock your doors and lock your windows. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so Stuart, what's coming up next, apart from trying to outrun the uh, editor of Runner's World? Well, I'm always doing that anyway, obviously. I've always got one eye out. Um, Cross country this weekend, probably, if it's not too windy. That might be fun, might not be. Who knows? Um, My training plan also for next week says 20 miles. (laughs) That is not going to happen. I think my longest run recently has been maybe 13 or 14. So I, I might get up to that distance 
probably not. Things are hard to co- to do at the moment. So well, just do it. Say. Just do twenty miles. Don't worry about it. I just go and do twenty <laughs> just, miles. Do it. Yeah, it's sure fine. It's fine. How hard can it be? Amy, anything for you? I've got a raid around the lakes in two weeks. Oh, that is actually two weeks. I was saying you've mentioned that for the last weeks. like six yeah, months. Yeah, because the only thing I've got coming up, so it's the only thing I can talk about. Is that is actually coming up. I think before the next episode airs. I don't. I don't know. So, um, but yeah, I kind of. T- thing is like last time i ran it and i've spoken about this on the podcast but for those who don't remember last time i rang it ran it i'd just done like several i think i'd done like an ultra and then i'd done this stupid eight hour race which was stupidly hilly and you know i was just not and by the time i did this race my legs were like and my mind was like nope we're done now we're done and it was pain from the very start now this year I haven't, well, I have kind of, I've done a lot of training and I'm probably going to get up to like, it's a, it's a 30k uh, race. That's what, like 18 miles. Um, I'm probably going to get up to like 14, maybe 16 miles in training. So I should be okay. But my legs aren't going to be knackered. So I feel like I've done a bit less training. I've I've done a fair amount, but probably not as much as I should have as usual, but I'm not going to be as tired. So I'm feeling like quietly confident about it. The main concern is uh, not being pulled off the course because it's that race where they can just pull you off the course if they don't think their marshals are going to be safe. Um, And I think that's weather dependent. But at the same time, no matter how much I train, I am not running that race in like two and a half hours. I am running that race in three and a half, maybe up to four, depending how much I have to do a bit of walking and stuff. Now, I know I can finish it for sure. There's not going to be an issue with that. It's more like... How much time will they give me to finish it? Which they'll probably decide arbitrarily on the day. So that'll be the main thing. <laughs> uh, just make sure you don't get pregnant in the meantime because oh they won't like you run there either. Yeah, I mean, we keep trying, but it's not working. I don't know why. <laughs> we cut that bit out. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> well, okay. And if the race isn't in two weeks and you've got it wrong and it's actually ages away, you're not allowed to mention it again until you no. do it. No, I need to start entering more things. I need to start doing yes, more do. things. Or like have stuff happen on my runs. I haven't really had much stuff happen on my runs. So I don't have... Yeah, come on. I'm just having normal runs at the moment. It's making the podcast really fucking boring. I'm sorry. It's very disappointing. <laughs> do better. Anyway, if you've enjoyed this bullshit, please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store and social medias. We won't see you in two weeks' time because that's not how podcasts work. It's so stressful running with poo.